0: Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 43 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast, right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Gilio, back from a week off. I know Merrill Reese was uh, the guest last week, so thanks again to Merrill for joining the podcast. And I'm joined, as always, by Elliot Stuart Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. We have a lot to talk about since last time I was here, but even since last time you guys talked with Merrill last week. There's a preseason game to talk about Carson Wentz's debut, unfortunately, an injury, and really. Kind of just, a, I don't know, a dark cloud that's kind of been following the Eagles throughout training camp, but it's not been all positive at all so far. Elliot, we'll start with you. Uh, one game in the books, most of training camp in the books, and it just feels like every time we talk, every time I see a story you guys write, it's, it's kind of new bad news with the Eagles so far yeah. this summer.
1: Yeah, definitely not the way they wanted to get training camp started. I mean, when you're trying to build something and you have a new head coach and all that, clearly... I mean, the stuff the Eagles have been through just in these past two weeks would be tough for any head coach to deal with. Your best offensive player, uh, yeah, best offensive player, maybe most important player on the whole team getting suspended for two weeks and then, you know, went going down. And I mean, let's not forget Nigel Bradham. I mean, for some teams, that would be like the most, you know, the worst thing that would happen. Clearly, Peterson has had to deal with a whole bunch, which is tough because he's a rookie head coach and you can make the argument he's not a qualified head coach and he's not qualified for the job. So, yeah, not, not, not great, but I will say they looked a, like a little better than I thought they would in the first preseason game in the way that it wasn't a complete disaster. I mean, Peterson seemed to manage the clock well. I mean, he wasn't put in any tough situations, but you know there wasn't any uh, delay games, if I remember. I don't think they burned any time out. So as an actual coach, Peterson's first game wasn't wasn't a complete disaster, but you're right, off the field, I mean, things are not going so hot.
0: Mark, let's start with the Lane Johnson thing from last week, which is still kind of has legs here, Um, you know, when the Eagles found out and if this will come down and everything with Lane Johnson kind of blaming uh, everyone seemingly but himself here and talking about that app. Um, Your thoughts on Lane Johnson. Now, this is the second suspension if this one is upheld. The four game a couple years ago, this will be 10. I mean, Elliot just said it. He might be the most important player on the whole offense. And, I mean, there's just no sugarcoating how big of a loss that is, right, if he's not there for 10 weeks.
2: Oh, absolutely! It's a it's a it's a gigantic loss for a team that the often even with Lane Johnson, the offensive line has its issues. Now without him, it it compounds it you know a hundredfold. And and my thoughts on Lane is you know, I don't like people in any in any any line of of, of work who blame others. You know, oh it was this, it was that. Now you know what? Man up. I t- hey, you know what I took it I should have done this I, I screwed up I I didn't think I was doing something wrong I mean you you, you could say all that I didn't think I was doing something wrong thing, but he's blaming the NFLPA his 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 weasel of an agent is is worried about where the leak came from well who cares where the leak came from your guy did something wrong you know man up okay and and it's your second time so you you buy, you get no benefit of the doubt anymore second time ten games and my thing is now with Lane Johnson. And I talked to some Eagle people about it at practice Sunday night. Can they trust him? And I don't think they do. I don't think they trust him that he's not going to flunk another one whenever.
0: And really, how can they, right? Because this is true right. now in a short period of time. And, uh, you know, there's long-term issues now with Lane Johnson to wonder about and worry about, and obviously the short term. And uh, Mark mentioned the offensive line. Elliot from the other night, from the game against the Bucks. Mm -hmm. What did you think about the offensive line, not even just the first team? Because, you know, there was a lot of talk about how poorly Chase Daniel played and and obviously Wentz, and we'll get to that, got hurt behind the offensive line. I mean, do you think this is going to be a big issue all year, whether it be the first team or the death behind them? Because it it just felt like when Daniel got out there and then obviously Wentz, the quarterback was getting
1: hit all night. Well, I do think the offensive line is going to be an issue, but it's hard to tell off of that game because going into that game, we thought the Eagles' plan – assuming Lane Johnson is suspended, is it would start Peters and Tobin at tackle, and then, you know, uh, Alan Barber at guard, and then Kelsey and Brandon Brooks. So when you watch Tobin, granted it was only for three plays, he looked good. I mean, he didn't mess anything up. And then if you watched the, the second team, a lot of people, a lot of people made it, you know, it was a big deal that Chase Daniel was running around. But if you watch the game, when I watched it the second time, a lot of the pressure that Chase Daniel faced was up the middle. And those three guys, uh, those like Bruce Johnson, Wisniewski, He was Newski might play, but th- those three guys ideally won't be playing, and they're not impacted by the lane suspension. So if you just look at the way the tackles played for the second team offensive line, there was Dennis Kelly and, and uh, Andrew Gardner. Now Gardner was terrible, and like he, a lot of the pressure Daniel faced came from Gardner's side of the field. But Gardner is very far down the list of players that'll be playing tackle with with the starters. So yes depth is an issue but you know I mean he if he if it ever gets Andrew Gardner playing this this team's done anyway Um, Dennis Kelly I thought actually looked okay I thought he played better than Gardner and Kelly could be an option to potentially you know go up there and play but in the past few days since that game the Eagles have kind of you know shown what they plan on doing and it looks like they're going to move Barbara out to the outside so I think there's reason to be concerned about that you know I think it's a move that weakens you at two spots. I know Barber was he was a tackle before he got here, so in theory, I mean, the Eagles moved him to guard. So in theory, maybe he'll be better at that. But if you if you move him from guard now, you're I guess you're gonna move you move with up, and that I mean I mean that doesn't seem like you know you're you're basically losing two starters at that point because Barber's not his original position and you don't have Johnson. And then also when you lose Peters, which is going to happen, then what do you do? So yeah, I think the offensive line is definitely gonna be an issue. But based off of just Tampa Bay. I didn't think it looked as bad as people made it out to be. Oh,
2: it was bad. It was bad. It was, it was just as bad as people made it out to be.
1: Well, but, but my point is the pressure was up the middle. I don't
2: care game, where it was. It's still the line. I'm not saying the tackles. The line's bad. If you're talking about actual
1: games, I mean, these the people that were bad in that game are never going to play. Is you my think, huh?
2: so, you, so you're convinced that all random Brooks, who can't go three practices without getting hurt, is going to play 16 games. Case that. Kelsey, who's wearing down, he's the incredible tr- shrinking man, is going to play 16 games. Um Jason Peters, you already said he's not gonna play Right. <laughs> no, I mean the line
1: the line what? the line is in trouble. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the line's in trouble. I'm just saying if you just looked at the players that mat- that mattered against the Bucks, they weren't as bad. But I'm not I'm not I'm you not gonna play? die until I'm not defending the offensive line. They suck. I'm just saying it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be when you just looked at the tackle.
2: Tell Carson Wentz that. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair. <laughs> that Tell was Carson Wentz wins how good the line played as he's as he's uh, trying to breathe with a broken rib. Now yeah. the line stinks. The line stinks. The back they have they have maybe one good lineman left on the on the team now. Uh, no, it's bad, and it, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're, they're they're calling guys like Will Beatty who who can't who has who the Giants are desperate for tackles and got rid of them. That's how bad the line is.
0: Yeah, it feels like the the Eagles' off season plan a little bit has been trying to call up uh, guys the Giants don't want anymore, Ruben Randall, and then Will Beatty, and you know we'll see what happens there. But with the offensive line. The way it was playing the other night, and obviously there's probably more factors. It was the first game. The receivers weren't getting open. There's probably a whole bunch of things, but I, I think we can all agree the offense mind didn't look great um, or anything close to it. But the the big issue, obviously, off of the game Thursday became Carson Wentz, and he got hurt. And, and now he's going to have to miss time here and, and really development time for him because he wasn't supposed to play during the season anyway. This was supposed to be the time to get him those reps and all that kind of stuff and now he's going to at least miss some, if not the rest of the preseason. We mentioned Doug Peterson already, and he's had a lot of issues to deal with as a first-year head coach, and it, this wasn't a perfect situation to begin with. How did you guys think he handled that on Thursday night, considering the offensive line was not protecting Carson Wentz? Well, in the for, the first time I watched it, I was surprised he was out there as long as he was. Did you guys have a problem with it as it was happening when you were in the press box? and? has your mind changed because he got hurt. LA, what did you think about how long so, Wentz played?
1: Oh, well, how Wentz played, I thought he played really well. I know his, his numbers didn't show it, but um I thought he looked good. I mean, he's still throwing his the his passes high sometimes, which is was the cause of the interception, but I still thought that he played he played well overall. I was encouraged by by uh by what he saw. I mean, part of it too was I I saw, I thought he showed he could take a hit and he'd be okay, but obviously that proved not to be the case. But um In terms of leaving him in there, I mean, I will admit, at the time during the game, after he got, like, nailed and flipped, and then he got hit once more, before he got hit, the hit that broke his rib, he took, like, a pretty decent hit at the end of a throw. And I said, all right, if I was Peterson, I'd probably get him out of here. And Peterson did take him out at the end of that series. But I don't think it's fair to criticize Peterson Peterson at all for this. I mean, Wentz has to play. This is the only time he's going to play. He played less than two quarters, you know, or right around it. So I I had no issue. I had no issue really with leaving him in there. I mean, would it have been maybe been smart to take him out? I mean, I guess in 2020, I mean, like, you know, with the benefit of hindsight. But the guy's got to play. He's going to get hit. He's a big guy. It's what he's supposed to be. And he's supposed to be able to take hits like this. So it just is what it is. It's just a bad outcome. It's a a unlucky break. But, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to criticize Peterson for this.
0: Mark, yeah, how about I, I, you? I mean, you've yeah. seen a lot of these rookie quarterbacks come and go over the years and play in the preseason and get reps this this way. What did you think? Obviously, the line when he was in there wasn't close to starters, and that obviously impacted things. What did you think on Thursday night as he was getting hit back there?
2: Well, I was concerned, to be honest. I mean, you don't want to see – he's your future. I mean, there's only one guy on – I hate to say it like this and be this, this, this blunt, but let's be honest, there's one guy on this team that matters. That's Carson Wentz. I mean, say what you want. I mean, there's other decent players on this team, but he's the only one. If and when this team ever gets good again, it's gonna be because Carson Wentz is good. And if Carson, if, God forbid, if Carson Wentz isn't good, this team's facing you know years and years of being bad. But so he's your he's your whole future, he's your franchise, he's ever he's the guy. So you you know the last thing you want is to see him getting getting a beating and breaking ribs and anything else. I agree with Elliot that he, yeah, I didn't want to take him out. I, I, he needs to play, and I don't want to. Crit- I'm not going to criticize Peterson for leaving him out there. I'm, if I'm going to criticize Peterson, it's for putting him behind that group of offensive linemen. I mean, it would oh, would it would it have killed Peterson, or you know, to have a Wisniewski out there, and you know, for another for another quarter for for another couple series, or you know, some of the other guys that that you know are better linemen then I'm not saying you have to have Jason Peters out there well, anymore. He didn't play at all, but you know, or Lane, well, maybe, maybe you do put, maybe you do leave Wayne Johnson out there. Why not? You know, um, but have some, you know, just put some, put some veteran players out there, not just five, you know, undrafted rookies or guys that aren't going to be on the team trying to keep him upright because, and again, you know, look the other side too, the guys, the guys on Tampa that were out there, they weren't, you know, they didn't have their good players out there either. So, you don't expect those guys, to, those backups on Tampa, to be making plays either. That just shows you how bad the Eagles guys were. Um, but yeah, I mean, now you know, now that he's out, and I don't think this hurts his future at all. I mean, he's going to miss, but it's, it, it's it's just put a another damper on an already, you know, bad preseason for Eagles. Like now, now, what do you I mean? What's the excitement level? I mean. <laughs> This preseason was, was all about getting to watch Carson Wentz play because we might not see him play again until next preseason. Now yeah, you know. Yeah, now a, I don't want to see.
0: now right. I it's it's wanna... hard. And I, Mark, I'll, I'll go with you. Said that's what bothered me was that there were no competent offensive linemen out there with him. I, I know this is the time to get him reps, but I, I don't know. It just bothered me leaving him out there so long when he they couldn't protect him. Like right. if he hadn't, if he wasn't getting hit at all, and then Elliot, like you said, it was a bad outcome on one hit. I'd be like, all right, what are you supposed to do? But I, I was watching him get hit, and I'm saying, "You got I Why is he still in the game if you can't protect him?" And then I'm sure you guys were in that post game and you heard the quote among many with Peterson after the game when he the hurdle quote. Yeah, like uh, uh, if you're if people listening aren't uh, you know familiar with what he said or didn't hear what Doug Peterson had to say after the game, Peterson was asked about the play where hurt where um, the quarterback Wentz got kind of upended. And
1: running, right. He was right. running. Right.
0: He was running. He was he was scrambling, you know, close, I think, for a first down in that play. And Peters had said he wished he would have hurdled the guy
2: instead of taking one on the legs. Uh, you know the guy is gonna go low on a big quarterback it, like that. The exact question, Joe, was Doug, did you did you hold your breath? Were you what were you, what was going through your mind when when you know Carson was running like that and got hit and flipped over? And, and he I said didn't he
0: start it. the answer by saying he kind of loved it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like why isn't that the time to say I wish he would have slid? Like this I, is
2: the future I, I of the franchise. Kinda, your coaches, that's the answer you get. Yeah, hey, listen, we gotta talk to Carson about that. He needs to learn how to slide here. This isn't Division Two football anymore. He's in the NFL. We gotta guys hit you here. You gotta slide. I mean, I I've covered I don't know how many coaches in my life. That's what every one of them would have said. <laughs> Except my man Dougie, he, he, he wants a hurdle.
0: I was I was flabbergasted by it. And now, unfortunately, because, you know, bad outcome, leaving him in, all of this, he's not now part of at least the next couple weeks for the Eagles. So you're right. It puts an extra little damper on this. It makes it uh, a little less exciting because we don't get to watch Wentz at least this coming week uh, against the Steelers and probably the one after that against the Colts. Um, but now, sorry, Lane Johnson's not part of this now for a little while with the suspension looming. Wentz is out. Uh, There are a lot of issues here. I mean, as this preseason moves along, Elliot, I mean, what are the positives that you've seen so far? Because it's clear there's been a lot of negatives with injuries. Jordan Matthews not there, Wentz, Lane Johnson's suspension. There's been a lot going on here. What stood out in a positive way that we could kind of latch on to?
1: Man, it's been a while since there's been anything positive. Um, Let me think. So, I mean, I guess obviously the defensive line, uh, played well. I mean, Fletcher Cox had a strip sack and he f- recovered the fumble, so that was positive. Um, and I mean, really, this, if this team is going to win, it's going to be with the defensive line and special teams. And the special teams looked good as well. Um, you know, forcing that fumble on the opening kickoff, and then offense scores three plays later, and they're they're, they're taken out. So the special teams defense. And then I would have said Jalen Mills, and I probably said this last podcast, but he didn't look so great against the Buccaneers. So. I'm wondering if maybe he actually was looking good in practice just because he was going against Eagles receivers. But, yeah, I mean, I guess special teams and defensive line, and I'll be interested to see if Mark can come up with two other than that, now that I took really the only two <laughs> positives about this team.
2: Um, but I was going to go special teams, too. I mean, Dave him he's great. He really is. I, you can't say enough about the, about the job he does as special teams coach. I mean, this is every year now this isn't like a fluke anymore that their special teams are good they've been good since the day he arrived and different you know different players different things come and go but he just has those guys ready to play he he schemes them up properly I mean it's it, you know those those plays on special teams don't come by accident or by or by by luck it's it's the hard work and time and 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 strategies that 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 go into it and I don't know what they pay him, but it's not enough. He, he's he's by far the best coach on that staff. Wonder how uh, much yeah here? What's that?
1: So I just wonder how much longer he'll be here.
2: I don't know. I mean, he he's good. He's very very good. That's why I mean. So yeah, that's that's the main positive. And um, you want me to come up with another one, huh? You said defensive line. Um, you know who's playing well? Najee Good. He's been playing in, in place of Michael Kendricks. Who, who, who? I'm shocked that Michael Kendricks is is is, is hurt because, you know, he's never hurt. But um, no, Najee Good playing outside linebacker has made plays. He makes them in practice, and he and he made a couple in in the game as well.
0: And he didn't? Wasn't he the one that uh, forced the fumble on the opening kickoff? Yes, Thursday he did.
2: Night? He did too, as well on special teams. Yeah, but he. I mean, I, that aside, he's always been a good special teams player. Now he's getting a chance to play some some linebacker and. I, I thought he played rather well the other night. And like I said, he's been playing and – he's been doing He's ma- – he's been making plays in practice every day too. But yeah, all the positives are on the defensive side of the ball right now, I think. Ryan Again,
1: Matthews looked all right. I'll say that. I mean two carries, 15 yards, and a touchdown. You're so. not cutting him anymore? <laughs> oh my god. I'm not getting back into this debate with Ryan <laughs> Matthews thing. But
2: <laughs> he, he looked good. He, looked yeah, he did. Good. Two carries, touchdown. Yeah, he did. But, you know, two carries. It's only two plays. Right. Um,
1: that was weird. They only left the, they left the offense in for like three, three plays, the first team offense, three plays.
2: Because they scored. I mean, that Doug, Doug told the offense, if you score on your first drive, um, you can come out. And Sam Bradford was like, we were joking about that. Probably meant like if you went eight plays, 80 yards and scored, you'd come out. But, you know, right. And Sam, oh, Doug's a man of his word. You know, he, he, we scored, so he took us out. That was strange. I would have given him another series, I think.
1: Yeah, and I understand Doug said that, but I think you just say to the offense, yeah, actually, never mind. Like, right. I mean, what if. And just...
2: I don't think they would have minded either, but right, exactly. Sam didn't seem upset that he came out.
1: Also, even if they did mind it, who cares? It's their job. It's right. three snaps in your first preseason
2: but game. You know what? I mean, but, but look around the league. Aaron Rodgers didn't even play for Green Bay. Tony Romo didn't even play for Dallas. Don't yeah, well, did
1: Eli play? Sam, Bradford, Sam Bradford's not Tony Romo or Aaron Rodgers.
2: Right. And Eli didn't play. He didn't
0: play either. Yeah, it's not Eli same. either.
1: James Winston, who you can argue make it—I mean, I, I would take James Winston over Bradford, but you can argument. I mean, you can make the argument they're kind of on the same level. I mean, he played what almost the whole first quarter, right? He's young, though. He's, you know, Sam's not a kid. Yeah, but Sam—I don't know. I would—I
2: would have I played him another series. Is all I'm saying. I would have too. That with that said, I would have too. But I'm not. It's preseason. I mean, yeah. I'm it, not
1: killing. I'm not killing Doug over that. Either. I'm not killing Doug. To, to
2: there's see. enough to kill Doug over. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna say. Friday,
1: Friday
0: the game. <laughs> What did you guys think and what have you thought all training camp here about the Eagles receiving core? There's been a lot of um, conjecture. Obviously, the game on Thursday night, they didn't do much. um, And Mike Mayock was really getting on the receiving core about not getting open at all for Daniel uh, and not even really for Wentz much there. But what have you thought about them day to day in practice? You know, there's so many names there that we're kind of paying attention to and wondering what they're going to be. Ruben Randall, uh, Nelson Algalore. I mean, outside of the two open practices, obviously fans don't get a chance to see it every day like you guys do. Eagles receiving court, a lot of questions, a lot of worry. What have you thought, Elliot, you know, kind of from the start of camp to now?
1: So going into camp, I was more optimistic about the receivers than a lot of people. I thought that, you know, I've always thought Josh, Josh Huff was better than a lot of people think he is. So I was higher on him. Aguilar, you know. I liked him coming out of the draft. I I was more optimistic about the trio of Matthews, Aguilar, and Huff than other people. But I will say, you know, I had this team at six wins going into training camp. I think now the receivers, they just do not look good. They do not look – they don't look like they're going to be able to make plays for this team. And simply put, Sam Bradford's not a quarterback that's going to make those around him better. So the receivers have not looked good. I mean, I track the drops every day. I think they have 51 drops so far and, you know, three weeks of practice. So – they, they have not, not been good at all. Reuben Randall, I thought at moment has looked pretty good. But, you know, he was awful against the Buccaneers. So I think the receiving core is a way bigger concern than I thought it was. And it's probably just as big of a concern as everyone else did who was very worried about it.
0: Mark, how about you? Eagles receiving core, what they've done through, from the start of camp to now, because I know a lot of fans are just really – they're concerned.
2: Yeah, they should be. Um, there's lots of reasons, reasons to be concerned, and they – they added two guys in free agency, Ruben Randall, Chris Gibbons. Randall, I, again, Randall's a guy that, you know, we cover the Giants, you know. And so, you know, I, I talked to uh, James about, you know, James Cratch, who covers the Giants about Randall. And, I, and, you know, there's a lot of Giant fans in our area and stuff. So they laughed at Randall. They didn't want – the Giants wanted no part of Ruben Randall. They were – the Eagles signed big deal, good, you can have him. And I was telling those people, hey, I think I think you're wrong about Ruben Randall because I was impressed with him. And most of, most of training camp, he was making tough catches. He was, you know, running crisp routes. He was getting, he was making plays every day. And I'm like, man, maybe, maybe the light bulb finally came on for him. Maybe it took, you know, um, you know, he was a free agent and he didn't get, he didn't get the contract anywhere near the contract that he had hoped he was going to get as a free agent. He, He got a one year deal for, you know, barely over the minimum. So Maybe that maybe that humbled him. I'm thinking maybe this this is what it needed. Maybe he needed this as a as a as a kick in the butt to like wake up and, and become the, the player that the Giants thought they were drafting in, in the second round. You know, because he would really I thought I thought he was the best receiver in camp. I agree, just in camp, just in practice, he was a he's he's a Novacare All Star, <laughs> um, but that's not a good thing because then in a the game he looked exactly like the guy that the Giants people told me he was. He did nothing. He, he 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 lollygagged on routes. He he, he didn't he didn't he wasn't tight. He didn't do anything. He looked like the the guy the Giants were. You know now I have to say to the Giant fans, yeah, you, I, I can think you're right about this guy. Now again, it's only one preseason game. I want to see him in, against the Steelers Thursday night. Come back with a big game, a good game, and make some plays. If not, I don't know if he makes the team. To be honest with you. I Which think he makes this. Yeah, team. that would be a
0: major. That'd
1: Why?
2: be a major story if he didn't make. He's,
1: he's got to make the
2: team. Why?
1: Who are you keeping?
2: Paul Turner, the only guy on, on the only wide receiver that makes any plays.
1: Yeah, but he's never. Even, I don't know. I mean, the Eagles want to win this year. I mean, I don't he's know.
2: Going to stop thinking that you're going to win this year. Okay, but, but the difference. If Ruben were, Randall's going to make you win. What's he ever won? He went to the Giants. had not made a playoff since he. He went to a Super Bowl Giants team. and He went there and then made a playoff. All right, all right but I'm just saying, so you you would keep Paul Turner over Ruben Randall. Yes, unless well. Today, if I'm making final cuts today, yes. I, Randall gets three more games to prove me wrong.
1: I don't know. I think you can get Paul Turner on the practice squad pretty easily. And then you have him there if Ruben Randall really I, falls. But you, you can't play
2: on the practice squad. you got to be on team. No, I, I know. But I'm saying, I mean, your receiver is going to be Matthews. I'm to give it a huff then. I don't, got the, I'm not winning with Ruben Randall and Josh Huff, okay? You're not winning anything with those guys. You're just not. They're not winners. But what? But what do you know about Paul Turner? I mean, he's I, know, I know he's playing hard. I know he's making catches. I know Greg Lewis is in love
1: with him. All right. I mean, I'm not here to diminish Paul Turner. I'm just saying, undrafted rookie. I mean, like you, I don't think there's any rush to get him on the roster right away. I mean, maybe you lose him. Who knows? But I just—I I want the better
2: player. I want the guy. I want the best players on my 53. Right now, Paul Turner is probably their second best wide receiver.
0: Well, that's the problem, right? Like, that, the, the yeah. fact that this is even an issue. And I, I liked what I saw at a Turner the other night during the game. But, again, he called everything they, they threw to him. Right. Again, but, again, that's one pre- – the fact that he, right. in one preseason game, was able to kind of open our eyes over guys that have been in the NFL for years, That I mean, that's saying something it's about what – the, excitement the, of the other guys.
2: But I'm just saying, you got to keep the players – if you're not going to keep the players who played the best, then why even have practice in training camp and preseason games? Just go with the roster that, you, you know, okay, we're, these are the guys we're going to keep. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, you know how it works. I mean, they gave Ruben Randall, I
1: think, like... They gave him nothing. I think they gave it's him, a like, a million in guaranteed money. I'll, I'll double check, but I think they gave him a decent amount of money. Not, not, not much. Not enough that if they cut him, they're not going to lose. I mean, I don't, they gave I don't him, know. They gave him one year, $1 million, 500000 guaranteed.
2: Okay. They, they, they've... They've squandered more money than that in the past.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I just don't think they're going to cut him. I would I be surprised. I'm not I, saying they definitely I, won't. I'm just saying I'd be surprised. And I would not. I would I'm not telling not you, won't.
2: one of those receivers isn't, aren't making the team. I'll tell oh, you, for right. Randall. One of those one of the five you think's making it isn't making it. All right, let's make a bet. You
1: I'll know. bet
2: you. I'll bet you they keep at least Matthews
1: at oh Aguilar, i'm Well, yeah, they'll keep him. So Matthews Aguilar, Givens and yeah, Matthews is a definite. Re- Aguilar's probably a definite.
2: I'm telling you what I'm not going to make. It. Or they're going to keep six. And then, right, Givens? Yeah, all right, all Gibbons, right. Givens, Huff, and Randall are the three in question. Yeah. Your boy Huff might go. He ain't done nothing either. The only reason Huff
1: might not go is he's the top kick returner.
2: Yeah, but they got a hundred other guys that can do kicks. Sproles can do kickoffs if they have if he I mean, he's, he's done that in the past. Barner can do kickoffs. Yeah, if they keep Barner. Why wouldn't they keep Barner?
1: I, I think Huff has a better chance of making the team than Barner. Really? Hmm. I, I do, I yeah. Only keeping three running backs?
0: Is that an anti-Barner thought, or is that a, a positive thought on the young backs behind it's a Barner?
1: It's a, the running backs. Yeah, I think, I mean, you think they'll definitely keep four running backs? I would think. Four I mean, running backs and three.
0: six? Is four running backs and six receivers too much? Would it be one or the other?
1: Well, if you keep four tight ends, it, it, right, it's, you can't it's, keep it's, four, four, and
2: six. That would be tough. right. That's too. You can't, then you got to go like somewhere else. And I don't think they're going to do that. They so might only keep three tight ends, even though he said he's keeping four. Well yeah, or yeah, they might.
1: I mean, Pantel you was might, not.
2: You can argue that Barner's are best running back.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm like president of the Barner fan club. I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: I think they. I think they're going to keep Huff. I think and, could they might I mean, they, they. I could be wrong. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be shocked. Hey, somebody told Peter King they weren't keeping Ruben Randall. Yeah, no, you're right, Peter King. <laughs> Do you will. think
0: there's any thought about uh, a veteran trying to go out and try to find another receiver? I mean, there was that there were their connection. They was made to between the Eagles and Anquan Boldin. Obviously, he went to the Lions. Um, you know, know Marcus Colston is still out there. Oh. Do you see
1: Marcus Colston as a possible possibility? As a no. possible? <laughs> God, how old is he?
0: They're fifty. He's thirty-three. Uh closing oh. in on fifty. Oh, yeah, but
2: the guys we're talking about can't play, Mark. Like But I d I don't care. Then keep the listen, guys. This team is not it's, it's don't put Paul guys in there because I, I think they should rebuild. So Yes. All right. Give me Paul Turner and, and Marcus Johnson and see what I got. I'm not gonna bring in thirty three year old Marcus Colston, for God's sake. So and what did you
0: make my... of the what did
2: you make of the Bolden interest? that's stupid. <laughs> stupid absolutely stupid anything i don't want i'm got i'm getting rid of old guys i'm not bringing in this team is so backward in their thinking and so oh my god that's thought that they're going to be it, uh, it's a disaster is it this this team has disaster written all over it all right to
0: bring <laughs> up disaster and backward thinking i want to circle back around before we kind of wrap on, on on the idea of what training camp not going well actually will mean for the season but to go back to the lane johnson situation which we started with but there's a point That really, we're doing this podcast on Monday, August 15th. It's around noon. And just before we started recording, Elliot, there was some, uh, you were tweeting about it, some stuff that's come out here over the past, I don't know, morning or so, about Lane Johnson and the timeline of when everyone over at the Novacare Complex apparently found out about this impending suspension. So take us through what was going on here, what we found out, and and really kind of how it's confusing to us.
1: Right, so the Lane Johnson news broke on August 8th. So, you know, roughly seven days ago. Ago. Yeah, seven days ago. And Peterson on the 9th said he found out just like we did, talking to the media, which in theory means he found out on the 8th that the report came out and that's how he was alerted of it. So what was interesting was two days ago when we're recording this on a Monday, so it was Saturday morning, um, D- uh, Lane Johnson spoke and said that he told the Eagle he found out about he found out about it a few weeks ago. And he said it's been hard to be out here knowing that was happening. So it sounds like he knew before training camp. So I asked him today, Monday, you know, what, you know, when did he when did he tell the Eagles? And he said he found out, he told the Eagles when he found out. So a, a few weeks ago. So this means one of three things. Either one, Lane's lying about telling the Eagles a few weeks ago. Two, Doug is lying about how he found out. Or three, the Eagles found out about this and didn't tell Doug. So I hope that last one's true. (laughs) That would be hilarious. So, I mean, really, all those scenarios are bad. I mean, Doug lying about when he found out is weird, you know. And I'll also say this. So, let's say Doug really did, let's say Doug really did find out on the eighth, right? Like the day before the preseason game, I think it was, or whatever. Like, Let's say Doug really did found out, find out you know, when he said he did. So then he adjusted the practice because Lane Johnson's not, not been running with the first-team offense anymore. So if Doug's lying about when he found out, why did he wait? Like if Doug found out a few weeks ago, then he should have altered the lineup in practice right away. Do we agree with that? Yeah, There's no reason I, I to do it Doug's after lying. the media report comes out. right? I don't think
2: Doug's lying. I don't think
1: Doug's lying either. So either – I don't think Doug's lying. The three options, I don't think Doug's lying. Do I think Lane's lying? I don't think... I mean, it's hard to say I I don't think he's lying because, you know, I mean, he just failed drug tests and all those things. But, like, I don't think he's lying either. I mean, why would he not tell the team when he finds out,
2: right? I mean... Well, maybe he was hoping that
1: he could, you know, the appeal would go. I don't know. So what do you think is more likely? Lane's lying? I don't... Do you really think the team would find out and not tell Doug? Well, what that would,
2: uh, yeah, I hope so, because
1: that would but that
0: would awesome. just hurt. That would just hurt Doug, right? It hurt the team. Yeah, like, how that does is, that make
2: way sense? Way that could happen. He's the head coach. He, so how he found out and said, "Hey, guys, let's not tell Doug. I don't want to. I don't want to get Doug upset." Like, right, what that's
1: what it is. Is, like, What's the benefit of not telling Doug? I
2: right? have to tell Doug. It's like when a kid does
0: something wrong and the one parent keeps it from the other one. You can't do Man, that. No, you got to. Oh, you got to talk about it. Yes.
1: Right. No, that's, I mean, it's I mean, if you if everyone's telling the truth, let's just go in a, in
2: a world where everyone's telling the truth, right? Well, then, then then they didn't tell Doug. They didn't tell Doug. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this, then, this, you this should is, ask when you said the lane. You, you talked. I talked to Doug. I got sometimes you, you can tell when a guy's lying, like Howie Roseman. You can tell when he's lying because because he, he's talking. So um, nobody laughed at that. Uh, but like Peterson, like Peterson answered that like very forthcoming. He was like, he was talking about the situation, and somebody said, Well, that, Doug, when did you first find out that, that Lane, Lane could be suspended? And he went, Just like you did when it came out. Like, like he didn't, it wasn't like a prepared, like, he, right. he, If he's lying, he's very good at it. Let's say that. I'll, I'll say that. It was very, because I believed him. Now, like, when Lane said it, I want you, you talked to Lane. Did he, did he, did he come across as very, Open, like very honest, or was it kind of yeah, like, yeah, it was he was
1: standing there, practice was over. I mean, I just asked him real quick, and I, you know, I didn't have my recorder out, I wasn't, I was just saying, Hey, I just wanted to clarify, you know, when, when you found out you told the Eagles, and he was like, Yeah, I told him the day I got the letter. So, but when he, see,
2: he said, e, You said, e, you should have said who, like, who's well, he, doesn't who it who he told if he told well, Doug because then we know if Doug's lying or not. If he says, I told Doug, then Doug's lying. If he told, if he said I told Howie, then maybe Howie didn't tell Doug.
1: If Lane told anybody in the building before the report came out, right? right. Then there's no reason Doug shouldn't have known. I don't care if he called you're Derek Boyko the PR right, guy. You're like, right. You're right. Right? Like, like, you like, no matter who was told in that Eagles building, Doug should have been told. We can yeah. agree with that. Absolutely. If, if everybody's being taken at their word, then
2: they didn't tell Somebody Doug. Didn't tell Doug. Whoever Lane told didn't. If everybody, if Lane's telling you the truth and Doug's telling us the truth, and that's all that really matters. If those two guys are telling the truth, then then yes. Then whoever Lane told never told us. And we're—I mean—we're not being. I also say this. So let's
1: say—I mean—you know—I've been covering sports for a long time, Mark. You've been doing it for a long time, and really everybody that even knows anything about sports is that people lie at the podium. Sure. That just is what it is, right? I mean, they get up there, they they tell say things that's not true because it may, helps the team look better. They don't want to give things away. But in this instance, even if one of them is lying, no, it's what's clear is this team's not on the same page about this. Because if they were going to lie about something, then you need to coordinate your lie so that it makes everybody look good, right? But if Lane's lying, it means he's off on his own rogue mission to make him look good. If Doug's lying, it's just a stupid lie, but whatever, I mean, it is what it is. Like, they're obviously not, like, this is what I was thinking when I heard all this. The past three years, you heard about how the problem with Chip and Howie was there was communication issues, right? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, it sounds like, the bit, the heart of what we're talking about right now is a communication issue, either between player and coach, which is supposed to be Doug's strength, or between Doug and Howie, which was the issue with Chip. So there's some type of issue going on here,
2: either lying or complete and utter, just like the well, chaos. I'm glad you brought that up, Ellie, because they hired Doug Peterson because he wasn't Chip Kelly. Chip was a bad guy. He didn't talk. He didn't. He showed no. He had no. His heart was closed, and he had no emotional intelligence and you know, he was just a mean-spirited, bad person. Right. But he brought in the Mr. Nice Guy, Doug Peterson, with the open heart and the, the high emotional intelligence to make up for his lack of real intelligence. And <laughs> instead, but, let, but let's see what's happened so far since Doug Peterson has been head coach. His starting wide receiver was accused of rape in a, in a strip club, but he didn't talk to him sexual about it. Sexual is- assault. Sexual assault. Right. And it was clear. Did, Nelson did, did, did nothing wrong. But Doug never talked to him about it. His starting linebacker is accused of beating up a a, a person at a at a hotel that, over a, a umbrella at the pool. He didn't talk to him about that. His best player on offense, we all agree, is, faces a ten game suspension for failing a, a a drug test, and he didn't talk to him about that. And just going go on your point, wait, wait, wait a minute, I thought this was the guy that was. You know, if Chip didn't do that, they'd say, oh, my God, Chip doesn't do this." He'd he doesn't even talk to his players.
1: I'll also say, so let's say Doug did find out when we all did, right? Mm-hmm. Still no excuse not to talk to him because right. he asked Doug the next day. But if Doug really found out about this weeks ago and it's still worse. didn't talk to him about it, right. I mean, then it's like there's no excuse whatsoever. Like, so, yeah, I mean,
0: it, th- it doesn't make sense on so many levels. Because like you then you guys then said, I mean, it took a while to get. You know, Lane out of the starting lineup and to work other guys in there when he, he could have started doing that earlier and got this team why more
2: prepared. Knew. That's why I don't think he knew. I think I, I'm going to give Doug a little credit because as soon as he did know, Lane was out. Right. I don't think Doug would lie too, just because
1: a, a few questions later, he was, when he was asked if he talked to Lane, just, and you said it, Mark, you were there. I mean, I, like, just the way he said it, it was very, like, he goes, like, so he was asked, did did you, did you talk to Lane? And he goes, no, no, I didn't. Like he right. knew
2: what he was saying was not good. Like like when a kid exactly. gets caught, right? Like I mean, it's easy to lie the other way. It Would be easy to say, "Yeah, we talked, but that's between us." Right, exactly. That's right. what that's what again, 99 other coaches, that's that's the answer we would have got. Yeah. Or talk, if
0: he just I'm said it's good. it's being handled, like just right. just cut it down. I'm like, "What are you guys supposed to say to that?" Right? Like you say, right. "Oh." Right. So between
1: me and Lane. So we're agreeing that Doug found out on the 8th when everyone else did. Or well, well, like within
2: that, that you know, within yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, am, I, I am. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Doug is telling the truth. So do we? So do we think Lane's line?
0: If I'm gonna guess so, here, based on everyone's track record recently, I'm gonna say Lane's less than truthful. That's my <laughs> guess.
1: That's kind of my thing too, but it's just a weird. The team's got to talk to Lane because the team's not happy with Lane. No, the team is not happy
2: with Lane. How could that they is... be? How could they be? They gave him thirty-five million dollars, and now he's not playing for ten weeks. I mean, but they're like, I mean. They're not even hiding it. Like Peters, I thought Doug Peterson's the most telling quote of all was the other day when he was asked about Lane after Lane talked and Lane blamed the NFLPA and this and that and other thing. And Peterson took one and no part of that. Peterson was you know, hey, at the end of the day, it's on you. You, you decide what goes into your body. And you know he, he kind of threw him under the... He just put it out there like, listen, I'm... This guy's screwed up and I'm not taking on... And I don't have his back. I mean, for what it's worth, if you're Peterson, you can't be happy with
1: your players, right? I mean, time and time again, they're making you look bad at this point, right? I mean, Aguilar, Bradham, Johnson. Yeah, I mean, look, like, you're rookie at coach. Well, doing I don't know he's doing wrong. Let's clear him. But, well, he didn't. I mean, it wasn't bad I, I, I'm not going to say he didn't do it. I mean, do, I mean, whatever. It still is not a good look for the team. No, whatever.
0: That's, that's fair. Right. It's, not, not a, it's a bad look, yeah. Bad publicity,
1: yes. So that's ultimately my point is, Doug has a, enough going on with, you know, out, all this off the field. So, but look, this is... This is what it is. This is what it is to be a head coach in the NFL. And this is, again, why people were skeptical of the hire. He just – we'll see. I don't want to kill – I feel like I've just been killing Doug for the past, like, five days. So, like, I feel I'm starting to feel a little bit bad. But, like, I just – I don't know. I just – there's not much positive to take from him.
0: All right. Let's end with this because you guys in the last few years have covered Chip. Obviously, Sunday Night Chip had his first – uh, preseason game with the 49ers, and you know there were different. There were good camps with Chip Kelly last year. It felt like everything everyone was just going crazy, and the expectations just went to a, an insane level because of how well things seemed to go last year. I mean, Green his pass. first camp. It, that's right, Green Bay, Sam Bradford's finest moment. His first camp obviously had the Riley Cooper incident that they. Um, through whatever they did, were able to get through as a football team, uh, and they won that year, and they had a good season and made the playoffs. So he had some ups, he had some downs, and then it went into the regular season. How big of a deal is this, guys? You know, a bad preseason, a bad camp. Obviously, if you have injuries, that could linger. But just in terms of all the little ups and downs, and more, more downs the Eagles have had so far, how much does this matter, Elliot, to you, uh, so,
1: for preseason? Honestly. I think this is what I would say. If, I, if we thought the Eagles were going to be good and then this was all happening, you'd be like, all right, this could be an issue. Last year, if you think the team's going to be bad and then they look good, then you take something from that. But I don't think anybody thought the Eagles were going to be good and they've had a bad camp. So it's kind of like, like I said, you know, this maybe shaved one win off my prediction, but I didn't think this was going to be a good team anyway. So I don't think it's a huge deal, but it's definitely it's not good to see the team in such – kind of disarray especially now with this whole who said what lane johnson situation so i don't you know if you were high on the eagles before which i don't know why you would have been then yes this is concerning but if you already thought this was going to be the beginning of a rebuild and kind of the beginning of this team you know after taking kelly away then i think it's kind of just been what you should have expected
2: well i'll I'll say this and i don't think yeah this year i don't think like you said i don't i was never very optimistic about this season so Nothing too bad can happen. You know? So what's the difference? I mean, but looking toward the future, and that's, I think that's what you have to do with this Eagles team. I keep telling people don't forget 2016. It's all about Carson Wentz in 2017, 18, 19, you know. Um, one of your building blocks for the future was Lane Johnson. He was going to be your left tackle going yeah next whatever many years. I don't know. His contract went to 2021, I believe. So you thought, okay, we have Carson Wentz, we have our left tackle, Lane. Probably two of the, well the two most important positions on offense, quarterback, left tackle. Okay, now we got to get we still need receivers. And now the the question is, do you have Lane Johnson at left tackle? Can you are you are you convinced that he can be your left tackle for the next five six years? Is or, or is now there doubt in your mind that this guy's going to keep flunking tests and keep getting suspended for you know next time's two years? So yeah, that's to it. me. So that to me is the biggest drawback of this of the whole preseason is lane johnson's future because it directly it directs the eagles whole future if they don't have if they have to go out and get two new tackles now because you knew they had to get one probably jason peters is probably on his in his last year now you might i mean and you thought you had that problem solved and now maybe problem solved became a bigger problem it could be. No, it
0: could be. It could become a problem that manifests itself into more problems for the Eagles, and you know we'll see how it plays out with Lane when the suspension actually comes down. Obviously, no Wentz, and then we'll follow Doug as uh, his first preseason continues. So they'll be in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. We'll be back next week to talk about that game and kind of get look forward to the most important of these preseason games against Indianapolis in a couple weeks. Glad to be back, guys. This was fun. Uh, hopefully we can have more positive things to talk about but that's, that's on the let's, Eagles that, that's not really do, on us
2: let's just do a special teams show
0: <laughs> next week a special Najee Good episode of
1: the No <laughs> Huddle show so, Elliot
2: uh, thanks for doing this John Dornbos
1: talk, talk to you guys soon yeah we'll let Dornbos do magic
2: yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> always guys positive. He, might win America's he, he might win if America's Got Talent there you go that's how we'll, we'll do a whole
0: show on that I guess there we can go. do that too thanks for doing this Mark thank you Joe and thanks to all of you for listening to episode 43 of the No Huddle Show. We'll be back with you next week. Make sure to follow the show on iTunes. Leave a, a rating for us. Helps the show grow. SoundCloud, Stitcher, any way you want to listen, you can listening. You can listen to episode 43 of the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com.